Welcome to Zichud Daf Simanim. I'm Rabbi Avram Goldai, and here my Zechus Yavamas Daf Ein Zayin, the eighth Paraka Oro. Before I begin, I want to make a very important public service announcement for all of our members who receive our materials via WhatsApp. Our number has changed. It's very important to save our new number in your contacts to continue to receive the materials. Our new number is nine seven three three seven zero forty sixty one. Again, it's nine seven three three seven zero. 4061, or in Zichur language, it's 973, laser tag, 370370, pool saw, 4061. Anyway, I apologize for the inconvenience, but please make sure to change the number promptly so you can continue to receive all the materials in a timely fashion. So the three topics I'm going to focus on. Number one, continuing with the account of dogs' challenges to David's Yichus, the Gemara reconciles contradictory psukim, where one Pasuk Amasa, who was married to David's sister, is referred to as the son of Yisra HaYisraeli, and in another Pasuk, his father is referred to as Yisra HaYishmaeli. Rav explained that when Dog wanted to disqualify David, Shehigar Harbuk Yishma, that Yisra girded his sword like Yishmaeli and said, Whoever does not accept the halacha shall be impelled by the sword. For I have received a tradition from the basin of Shmuel that the Torah prohibits Amoni below Amonis, Moavi below Moavis, and therefore David is permitted to marry into the Kahal. The word questions whether one is believed when one quotes a halacha in such a situation for Rabbi Abba said, in the name of Rab, call Tamakhachim Shemor Halach Uba, any Tamakhachim who teaches halacha that was unknown to others. In Kodam Maisa Amara Shominlo, Vim Lav, in Shominlo. If he had related it prior to an actual case, we listen to him, but if not, we do not listen to him. The Gemara answers that it's different here since Shmuel and his basin were still around. Rashi explains that since his statement could be verified, he would not speak falsely. Pointing to Rav expanded, what's the meaning of that which is written? Be talked to the Moserai, you have released my yoke straps. David said to Kosh Baruch, Rabbon Shalom. Shnei Moser, Pitachtem. The two straps were upon me, you have released. Rus Moavia and Nama HaAmonis. Nama was the wife of David's son Shlomo and the mother of his grandson Rechavam. Therefore, there were two yoke straps who were potentially harmful to the yichos of David's malchus, Rus from Moab and Naama from Ammon. Now that the halach has been resolved permitting female converts from these nations to marry into the kahal, Hashem released David from these yoke straps. Point number three, Ula said in the neighbor of Yochanan, Basker Amoni Kesher Kahuna, the daughter of a male Amoni Ger is fit for the Kahuna. The Gemara clarifies that the case is the daughter of a male Amoni Ger who illegally married a Israelis. Reish Lakish disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan and says she is Pesua, unfit to marry a Kohen. The Gemara explains that Reish Lakish holds that she's unfit for he learns it from the case of a daughter from a Kohen Gadol and an Almana. Thus she explains that just as the daughter conceived through the improper relations is a Chalala and is unfit for the Kohuna, so too the daughter conceived from the improper relations of the Amoni Ger to the Israelis is unfit for the Kohuna. Rabbi Yochanan's position is learned from his response to Rabbi Zaka, who taught that only a daughter of converts from the same nation is permitted to marry Kohen Gadol. Yochan responded that he learned the following brisa regarding the pasuk "Kim Only a basula of his nation shall he, referring to the Kohen take as a wife. The Torah doesn't state "amav" his nation, but "me amav" from his nation, implying partially from his nation. that comes from two nations. The Gemara proves that according to Yochan, the pasuk is referring to a basula who is the daughter of a Melamoni Ger who married a Yisraelis and is teaching that she is fit for the kahuna. So once again, the three points are number one, continue with the account of Dog's challenges to David's Yichus. The Gemara reconciles contradictory psukim, where one Pasuk Amasa, who was married to David's sister, is referred to as the son of Yisrael HaYisraeli, and in another Pasuk was referred to as Yeser HaYishmaeli. Rav explained that when Dog wanted to disqualify David, Shehigar Harbuk Yishmael, that Yeser girded his sword like Yishmaeli and said, Kol mi she'ino shomei halachazo yedaki 
Whoever does not accept the halacha shall be impelled by the sword. For I have received a tradition from the basin of Shmuel that the Torah prohibits Amoni below Amonis, Moabi below Moabis, and therefore David is permitted to marry into the Kahal. The word questions whether one is believed when one quotes a halach in such a situation for Rabbi Abba said, in the name of Rab, call Tamakhim Shamor Halachu Ba, any Tamakhim who teaches halacha that was unknown to others. In Kodam Maisa Amara Shominlo, Vimlav in Shominlo. If he had related it prior to an actual case, we listen to him, but if not, we do not listen to him. The Gemara answers that it's different here since Shmuel and his basin were still around. Rashi explains that since his statement could be verified, he would not speak falsely. Pointing to Rav expanded, what's the meaning of that which is written? Be talked to the you have released my yoke straps. David said to Baruch Rabban Shalom. The two straps were upon me, you have released. Rusha Moavia and Nama Haamonis. Nama was the wife of David's son Shlomo and the mother of his grandson Rehovam. Therefore, there were two yoke straps who were potentially harmful to the yichos of David's malchus, Rus from Moab and Naama from Ammon. Now that the halach has been resolved permitting female converts from these nations to marry into the kahal, Hashem released David from these yoke straps. Point with Reuel said in Nebuchadnezzar Yochanan, Basger Amoni Kesheru Kahuna, the daughter of a male Amoni Ger is fit for the Kahuna. The Gemara clarifies that the case is the daughter of a male Amoni Ger who illegally married a Israelis. Reish Lakish disagrees with Rabbi Yochanan and says she is Pesula, unfit to marry a Kohen. The Gemara explains that Reish Lakish holds that she's unfit for he learns it from the case of a daughter from a Kohen Gadol and an Almana. Thus she explains that just as the daughter conceived through the improper relations is a Chalala and is unfit for the Kohuna, so too the daughter conceived from the improper relations of the Amoni Ger to the Israelis is unfit for the Kohuna. Rabbi Yochanan's position is learned from his response to Rabbi Zaka, who taught that only a daughter of converts from the same nation is permitted to marry Kohen Gadol. Rabbi responded that he learned the following b'risa regarding the Pasuk, Ki yikaka only a basua of his nation shall he, referring to the Kohen take as a wife. The Torah doesn't state Amav, his nation, but may Amav, from his nation, implying partially from his nation. that comes from two nations. The Gemara proves that according to Yochanan, the Pasuk is referring to a basua, who is the daughter of a Melamoni Ger, who married a Yisraelis, and is teaching that she is fit for the Kohuna. All right, so now we go to the Simmer Dav Ein Zayin, and our standard simon is an A's, a goat, a goat. So here goes. The man whose sword was tied to his goat's back to be used against those who did not accept his halachic tradition decided to use it to cut two Moavi and Ammoni yoke straps off the goat's neck and give the goat as a gift to the daughter of an Ammoni Ger and a Israelis who was about to marry a Cohen. So once again, it's motion. The man whose sword was tied to his goat's back, goat, that must be more enough. Ein Zayin, A's. The man whose sword was tied to his goat's back to be used against those who did not accept his halachic tradition, which reminds us, continuing the account of Dog's challenges to David's yichus, the Gemara reconciles contradictory psukim wherein one pasuk, Amasa, was married to David's sister is referred to as the son of Yisrael HaYisraeli, and another pasuk his father is referred to as Yeser HaYishmaeli. Rav explained that when Dog wanted to disqualify David, Shechigar Charbo Ki Yishmael, that Yeser girded his sword like Yishmaeli and said, Whoever does not accept the halacha shall be impaled by the sword. For I have received a tradition from the base of Nishmol that the Torah prohibits Amoni below Amonis, Moavi below Moavis. And therefore David is permitted to marry into the Kahal.
So the man whose sword was tied to his goat's back to be used against those who did not accept his halachic tradition decided to use it to cut two Moavi and Ammoni yoke straps off the goat's neck. Which reminds us, Rav expanded, what's the meaning of that which is written, Patakhtu Moserai, you release my yoke straps. David said to Kishbaruch Rebon Shalom, Shnei Moser, Shehil Alai, Pitaktem. The two straps were upon me, you have released, Rus HaMoaviyah and Naam HaAmonis. Naam was the wife of David's son Shlomo and the mother of his grandson Rechavam. Therefore, there were two yoke straps who were potentially harmful to the yichos of David's malchus, Rus from Moab and Naamah from Ammon. Now that the luck has been resolved, permitting female converts from these nations to marry into the Kahal, Kodesh Baruch released David from these yoke straps. So the man whose sword was tied to his goat's back to be used against those who did not accept his halachic tradition decided to use it to cut two Moavi and Ammoni yoke straps off the goat's neck and give the goat as a gift to the daughter of an Ammoni ger and a Yisraelis who was about to marry a Cohen. Which reminds us we have Malchus Reyochen Reishlakish whether the daughter of an Ammoni ger and a Yisraelis is fit for the Kohuna. So once again. The man whose sword was tied to his goat's back to be used against those who did not accept his halachic tradition decided to use it to cut two Moavi and Ammoni yoke straps off the goat's neck and give the goat as a gift to the daughter of an Ammoni ger and a Yisraelis who was about to marry a Cohen. All right, now it's time for a four blah blah chazora. Gimel. So the simmer Dafayin Gimel is a giant ostrich egg. So here goes. They are all hiding out in a giant ostrich egg about to eat some Meiser Shani, which reminds us, Rav Sheshaz was asked, Aro Mahuba Meiser, what is the luck regarding an Aro eating Meiser Shani? So they are all hiding out in a giant ostrich egg about to eat some Meiser Shani, where an Onain spray painted on the shell, Trumas Yadecho equals Bikurim, which reminds us we have Malchukas whether an Aro is permitted to eat Bikurim. So the Aro hiding out in a giant ostrich egg about to eat some Meiser Shani, where an Onain spray painted on the shell, Trumas Yadecho equals Bikurim, overheard a group of Tame and Tower people eating a blemish before together, tell a Tower person he cannot eat. Tame Meiser Shani, which reminds us Rabbi Shimon asks what the source is that prohibits a Tower person from eating Tame Meiser Shani. Dafain Dal, so the Simr Dafain Dal is a witness. So here goes. The expert witness, witness, that must be more enough, Ein Dawit, aid. The expert witness who is testifying that Meiser Rishon is prohibited to an Aral, just like it is to Azar, which reminds us, the Gemara continues with attempts to answer the question whether an Aral may eat Meiser Shani. It concludes that a Bryce that states that an Aral is prohibited to Meiser could be referring to Meiser Rishon, and is following the opinion of Rabbi who holds Meiser Rishon as Lazarim. Meiser Rishon is prohibited to non-Levim, where she explains that just as Rabbi holds, that Meiser Rishon has an added level of Kedusha, in that it cannot be eaten by non-Levim, it is also prohibited to an Aral. Meiser Shani, which is permitted even to non-Levim, would be permitted to an Aral as well. So, the expert witness who is testifying that Meiser Rishon is prohibited to an Aral, just like it is to Azar, and was asked for the source that a Tameh may not eat Truma, which reminds us the Mishnah Daf Ein Amanav stated, the call Tameh Mo Yochba Truma. All those who are Tameh may not eat Truma. The Gemara asked for the source for this halacha, and Rabbi Yochan stated in the name of Rabbi Yishma that the Pasuk states, Ish Ish Mezer Aaron Vahutsaruo Ozav Bekachimo Yocho. A man, a man from the offspring of Aaron, who is a Matsora or a Zav, shall not eat from the Kachim until he becomes purified. Ezu What holy food is universally fit for all the offspring of Aaron alike, both men and women? You must say this is Truma, and the Pasuk is prohibiting it to Atame. So, the expert witness who is testifying that Meiser Rishon is prohibited to an Aaron, just like it is to Azar, and was asked for the source that Atame may not eat Truma, 
fascinate the jury with a presentation about the three stages of becoming Tahor, Timaisa Shani, Truma, and Kadshim, which reminds the Gemara reconciles three contradictory psukim regarding purification, saying that the first pasuk is teaching that after Tevila, during the day, one becomes Tahor to eat Shani. The second pasuk is teaching that a full yom becomes permitted to eat Truma after nightfall. The third pasuk is teaching that one becomes Tahor to eat Kachim after bringing the atonement offering. The Gemara addresses why eating Truma is considered more stringent than eating Maishasheni. Daf Ein Hei. So the Simmer Daf Ein Hei is an Amma Arts. So here goes. The Amma Arts. Amma Arts. That must be more in Daf Ein Hei. The Amaharts who arrived at the hospital just after sunset, when Tommy Kohanim, who had tumbled earlier, were now eating their truma, which reminds us, Gemara asks why three psukim are needed regarding the purification to eat truma, and answers that all three are required to teach that there must be a tvila, the person must wait until our Shemesh, until the sun sets, and that he can be a bar kapara and still eat after the sun sets, and doesn't need to wait until he brings a carbon. So the Amaharts who arrived at the hospital just after sunset, when Tommy Kohanim, who had tumbled earlier, were now eating their truma, passed through the ward filled with different types of Batsui Daka, which reminds us, the Gemara lists what conditions qualify someone as a Batsui Daka. So the Amaharts who arrived at the hospital just after sunset, when Tamiko Hanim, who had told earlier, were now eating their truma, passed through the ward filled with different types of Batsui Daka, and was so proud he brought a box of tissues for his friend, who was a Khrushchevka, to help wipe the mucus spilling from his nose. Which reminds us, the Gemara from where is it known that a cruise shavcha, someone with a severed shavcha, refers to the male organ and answers that the Pasuk says cruise shavcha, which indicates Misha Yide Krisa Shofech, that it refers to an organ that spills as a result of the severing, whereas prior to severing it was not spilling but was Mikaleach, it was spouting. This excludes the nose where both before and after the severing it spills its mucus. Ein Vav. So the Simadav Ein Vav is an IV tube, an intravenous tube. So here goes. The Batsua Dakakon who married the Gior's nurse, who always hooked up his IV, IV, that must be Rundav Ein Vav, intravenous tube. The Batsua Dakakon who married the Gior's nurse, who always hooked up his IV, which reminds us, Roshashas was asked, Batsua Dakakon Mahu Bigior's Mushukhreras. Regarding a Batsua Dakakon, what is the law regarding marrying a Gior's or Mushukhreras? Do we say that he remains in his Kahuna level of Kadusha and is forbidden to her, or does he not remain in that level and is permitted to her? He answered that if Batsua Daka Yisrael is permitted to marry a Nasina, then a Batsua Dakakon does not remain in his level of Kadusha and may marry a Gior's or a freed slave woman. So the Batsua Dakakon who married the Gior's nurse, who always hooked up his IV, hallucinated that he had a son named Peretz, dressed up in oversized battle armor. Which reminds us, when David went out to fight Galios, Shaul wanted to know if David descended from Peretz or Zerach. If he descends from Peretz, he will be a king. Shamelch Poretz Lasos Zerach, for a king may break through Poretz, other people's fences, to make a path for himself and no one can protest against him. If he descends from Zerach, Hashiva Ba'amahavi, he will be merely Hashiv. The reason Shaul asked about him is that Shaul saw that when he gave David his battle garments, they fit David, even though Shaul was taller than everyone. Since his garments fit David miraculously, Shaul asked if he was destined for Malchus. So the Batsua Dakakon who married the Gior's nurse, who always hooked up his IV, hallucinated that he had a son named Peretz, dressed up in oversized battle armor, who'd go out and greet travelers, with bread and water, which reminds us, the Gemara relates that Doaka Domi said to Shaul, before he asked whether David is fit for Malchus or not, ask whether he's fit to marry into the Kahal, because he comes from Rus, who was a Moabi. When Avner responded that it was taught Amoni, below Amonis, Moabi, below Moabis, the Torah only prohibits the males and not the females of Ammon and Moab, Doa counted that when the Pasuk says Mamzer, does it not refer to a Mamzeris as well? And the Pasuk says Mitzri, does it not also refer to a Mitzris? 
Avner responded that it is different in the case of an Ammoni and Moabi, since the Torah explicitly said the reason is because they did not greet you with bread and water on the road when you were leaving Mitzrayim. It's the way for men to greet travelers with bread and water, but not for women to do so. Doeg continues to challenge Avner, and on the next daf, the issue is resolved. All right, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Avram Gronzik, wishing you a great day and great learning.